Welcome to Season 4 of The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we discuss business agility through customer experience, employee experience, and digital transformation. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. The Agile World Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed on this show, you can go to my website at gregkilstrom.com and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile Brand Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how Agile brands are able to more successfully reach and adapt to customers in a continual state of change. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Nancy McDonald-Ruder, founder and CEO of Noetic Consultants and author of How Senior Marketers Scale the Heights, now in its second edition. Nancy, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. You have built a great show, Greg, and I, I'm honored to be a part of it. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, it's uh, glad to have you here and looking forward to talking about this subject with you. Uh, but first, why don't, why don't we start by you giving a little background on yourself as well as your role at Noetic Consultants? Uh, sure. So I was born and raised in New Jersey. I always like to start with that. Um, yeah. Some people have feelings about New Jersey, so I like to put that out there right from the start. <laughs> um, and I founded... Noetic, which is a marketing consulting firm, about uh, 20 years ago, actually. So okay. this is our, our 20th year in business, which is wow, congrats. Yeah, thank you. It's, I guess time flies when you're having fun. I <laughs> just can't believe it has been that, that amount of time. Um, we specialize in marketing and leadership consulting. So really everything we're doing, we're focusing on strengthening brands and the people that build the brand. So primarily this is consumer research, brand strategy, training and coaching. And, um, you know, we're not doing external advertising. We're not doing PR. We're very much working on this strengthening from the inside out. So we're looking at accelerating growth by really creating that internal strength so that all of the external efforts can be very focused and effective and really caring for the health of what's going on with the people who are building the organization from a marketing perspective. So specifically, we do a lot of qualitative and quantitative research. Um, we spend time defining target audiences, um, in the branding space, branding, rebranding, brand architecture, brand positioning, we build uh, marketing plans and strategies. And then, you know, really very much in the people side, um, we do a lot of training live and virtual, and then we do a lot of one-to-one leadership coaching. We are female-owned. We've been certified, very proud of that for, for many years. And we work with a lot of large companies you will easily know over the years, um, Nike, Discovery, Georgetown University, Pernod Ricard, Bridgestone, Samsung, 7-Eleven, SC Johnson, Mayo Clinic, Walt Disney. But we also work with smaller companies and, and brands that are are seeking to be known um, yeah. and really, you know, be relevant to their um, audiences. So we're not specific to one industry. You know, we're really more of a functional expertise. And again, it's all around strengthening the brands and the people. 
Nice, nice. That's great. Thanks, thanks for that intro. So you've uh, recently launched the latest edition of your book, How Senior Marketers Scale the Heights, What is Still True, More True, and Newly True. To start, uh, for those who haven't had a chance to read the book yet, could you give a brief summary of what you wanted to get across with the book? Yes. So um, I really wanted to inform and and really ideally inspire marketers, you know, anywhere from young in their careers to the very season to really understand the key elements of what it takes to be successful today in, in this um, ever-changing marketing landscape. And so specifically, I um, interviewed a whole body of, of senior marketers, many of whom I knew, and then I would get introductions from others I knew to others who you know they felt I should speak to. And then I unpacked their point of view, really, out of this body of research. Um, and, and some of the you know key points being like, you really have to be a very avid learner to be a successful senior marketer, uh, a very strong um, generalist. Um, and so, you know, it was, it was really about trying to inform in this way. But I also had a strong desire to, to give back to this community that had been so good to me for so long. And then I'll be really honest with you. I always wanted to be an author, like from the time I was little, like probably seven years old, I, I would write books. I would type them up. I would glue them together with Elmer's glue and put covers on them and put my name on them. And so I, you know, I just felt that I needed to see that, that dream come to fruition, like in real life beyond, you know, the ones that I had done with, with glue early in my life. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Well, what inspired you to create a new edition of the book? You know, I'd ask you what's changed in the last few years, but that would probably take the rest of the show to do that. But, you know, what, what inspired you to create this new edition? Yeah. So the original edition, you know, it's very much about unpacking this, you know, what does it take um, to be successful as a senior marketer today? And there is a, a basic premise to the whole thing around um, the importance of learning how to be a strong generalist. And this means tapping into both the art and the science sides of the skill set. And there is an assessment in the book and then a, a resource toolkit to help you um, assess where you are in that range and then be able to access resources to skill up in, in the ways that you need to. So, so that's very much you know the base of, of the original book. For the new edition, given the extraordinary times we have had, the, the old edition I wrote about three to four years ago, so, so pre-pandemic, I really saw so much innovation and scaling the heights, honestly, in different ways and and deeper ways amongst the senior marketers that I knew. And so I was, I was seeking to unpack that. And I was, and I was particularly intrigued and inspired by these very senior and accomplished marketers that I knew who had fallen on very tough times, you know, job losses, sickness, inability to really be able to perform in the ways that they had before. And I really wanted to understand what they were doing to not just cope with that. You know, oftentimes people say like, not just survive, but thrive, because I was was seeing that 
that continual, you know, fall down, dust yourself off, get up and and try again kind of mentality. So I wanted to be able to share that with this same community back because I felt that there was there was more to learn there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and that that seems to be. I mean, I've heard that a bit about there. Certainly, a lot of terrible and unfortunate things have happened over the over the last several years. But there have been a lot of success stories, and there have been a lot of people that, when put under pressure, have performed and performed probably better than they ever had in their careers as well. So, does that, is that kind of what you're seeing as well? Yes, very much so. You know, I, for example, know a woman who is the head of marketing. She was the number two and and was given the most senior role for a transportation company that was going through chapter 11 in in COVID. And I watched her take on, you know, it, it doubled the size of her staff and they reorged and they laid off and they had to change their business model. I mean, she had all of it coming at her at once uh-huh. and she grew stronger during during that time. I watched her scale in ways that, she hadn't frankly needed to in the past, but also, also, yeah. you know, she tapped into resources that, you know, a reservoir, you know, that she had. I saw a senior marketer who was extremely senior at Nike and, and that whole layer got laid off um, the entire layer in North America and watch this person uh, reimagine his career, mm-hmm. really look at things, you know, that just, working at such a high level for such a long time at such an intensity and then really taking the time to say, what do I want my purpose to be? So I I think, you know, those are two like vastly different examples, right? Somebody who, who it's like all of a sudden, you know, the train stopped and you got to go somewhere else. And then somebody else who was like, no, the train is now barreling down the tracks <laughs> faster right. than you can possibly imagine. And yet I was seeing it both, you know, in, in both extremely different scenarios, the way in which they were tapping into this, this learning, like at the end of the day, it really is so much about um, being a very strong generalist that has a voracious appetite to get curious about what's happening and then determining what can best be done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's talk a little bit more about this and maybe even, you know, king on something in each of the the stories that you just shared. So you know, it's not always called Agile in organizations. I know we're on the, the Agile brand podcast here, but not everybody is a, a certified scrum master and all that stuff, much to my chagrin. But. I know, I know. You wish everyone was. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what a great world it would be if everyone was. I think at least. But yeah, we, you'd have to... Uh. I'd have to think about that a little bit more. Maybe, maybe <laughs> variety is good, but um, but you know this this need for adaptivity, change management, as you just illustrated in, in sharing some of those stories. You know, it's it's always present. So, is this across the board that you're seeing? You know, have have events over the last few years helped or hurt brands' ability to be adaptive to their customers' needs? A little bit of both. Uh, the key way that I see that the world dynamics have made it more difficult um, for brands is in access, certainly, certainly during most notably in 2020 and 2021, really having good access to customers and learning in as intimate a way as one could do, you know, in the before time. So specifically, what I mean by that is that it was very difficult to really do meaningful market research with your audiences during the height 
of what was yeah. going on. Because if you were, first of all, budgets were being cut left and right. And, and secondly, it really came across as tone deaf. Like you couldn't really be talking to anybody about anything except COVID. You know, how could you be talking to them about their purchase habits in, in a category, right? right? <laughs> like it just, it just was insensitive, you know, at that time. And so while, you know, we're a bit past that now, I do believe I, I observe it to be true that organizations in this area are a bit behind, uh, both because they weren't able to do that due diligence in that gap and their audiences habits and behaviors and mindsets changed so much during that time, including should I even have this as my key priority audience anymore? Or or has the world changed so much that, you know, I need to be looking at a different audience or my or that audience has changed so much. So that's one of the ways in which it's it's quite it, it's quite a scramble, <laughs> I find um, these days. That said, you know, it requires that that innovative, that that agility to really look at, okay, how can I get close to my customers? And and I do talk about in the book some really easier ways, more agile ways to dip in and and get close to your customers that are not expensive to do, not time consuming to do, and and the importance of of doing those things and not just saying, well, since I can't do a more rigorous form of research at this time, you know, then we'll just we'll, we'll just wing it. Like, yeah, not a yeah. good plan. <laughs> yeah. And so from a leader perspective, what are some of the ways that, you know, what are some of the things that still get in the way of, of leaders being willing to continually adapt uh, to customers' needs? Yeah. For the leaders, there is a lot of time and attention and I'll say um, struggle in the space of making sure that their internal teams are healthy and strong. And because we, you know, at Noetic, we spend our time focused on that, on, on the internal side and getting that strong to ensure that you can be, you know, walking the talk authentically of your brand and your growth out in the world. Um, you know, we're very focused on that space. So, you know, whether we're thinking about retention issues, morale issues, reorgs, people being at a distance, making it more difficult to have the kind of communication one could have when we were all in person all the time and you could read the cues in the room and you could see whether a person, you know, looked pale and not themselves and, you know, have more of a sense. So communication and staying close and, and ensuring that your teams are healthy has gotten a lot harder. And that I suspect that, you know, my, my world is more so in the marketing space, but I suspect that this is just true for leaders in general in organizations. So a lot of the senior marketers I talked to, they talked a lot about trying out all different kinds of communication mechanisms and then seeing what seemed to work and then, you know, continuing to test and learn their way. Um, you know, whether that's like, you know, do people want to lean into Teams channels and 
Um, and, you know, is that a way that that can help us like stay in conversation throughout the day? Or is that more of a burden given our culture? Um, you know, do people want to get off of video? You right. know, should we require you having your cameras on as we're um, able to come in person? How often should we do that? Should we do that at all? What is it that people want? So all of these things um, we could say on the one hand have become like a very rigorous distraction from what was the job before. And yet I believe where they started out as, as a rigorous distraction, they've become, um, for those who are unlocking it, it's become a huge source of strength. Yeah. If you can really figure out how to keep that team healthy and really deal with people as whole people and not have expectations that you had in the before times, uh, people are able to recognize that and they're gravitating toward organizations and leaders who are able to deliver that. Yeah. Yeah. So to connect this back to then to the customer. So how does this need for change and sometimes struggle for change, you know, how does this either enable or potentially get in the way of, of brands being responsive then to their, to their customers? So, you know, the employee experience and the customer experience connection, you know, how, how are those related? Yeah. And I think this is where, um, thinking about being that, that generalist can be so powerful because what your audiences need to hear and believe from your brand really needs to encompass both sides of that spectrum. So when I refer to, you know, art and science, just to be clear on what I mean there. So art skills are things like intuition, empathy, creativity, idea generation, making connections and insights where it's not obvious. People in the world that you're serving as a brand want to see that you get them, that you feel what they feel, that you're providing something very useful to them. And when I say useful, it doesn't necessarily have to be at that, you know, product or transactional level. It might be at that emotional level. Equally on the science side, this is more the data driven side of things. And this is where we really do need to make sure that we are looking at what the data is telling us specifically and especially these days in those behavioral changes. So you really understand where to be, you know, when and where to be, where to show up so that you have that resonance and that, and that relevance. And, and one of the things, you know, I talked about like in the chapters, there's what's still true, more true, newly true. One of the things that's newly true that I thought was really interesting is that Senior marketers were telling me that leaning into the art side first, so the intuition, the storytelling, the, the empathy side of things is the deal now. Like when you're in chaotic times, sometimes you just have to move and you have to respond and you have to be there inside your organization and outside for your for your customers. And you don't necessarily have the luxury of time to do the data gathering up front. Certainly right. it matters and you need to do it and you need to validate and, and test and learn still. But leading with art enables that closer connection with customers. And then frankly, if you get it wrong, you clean it up and fix it and, and do better the next time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so to kind of lean into the, I guess, to the science side of that, then, you know, how, how do you measure success of the ability to adapt and change? And I, I agree with what you're saying as far as 
sometimes you don't have the luxury of being able to step back measure and sometimes you just have to kind of do the right thing right but you know how how do you how do brands measure the success of their ability to change and, and adapt to you know whether that's external or internal Yeah, I am a strong proponent that it really is important to measure your progress over time. And I do think you can take even what are technically qualitative measures and you can quantify. So one of the things, for example, that we do in our organization is we have what's called a brand health diagnostic, and it really measures across with, with key questions and it helps you look at how is the health of your organization and your and your brand by asking key questions and you can you can dipstick that you can do it quarterly you can do it yearly like whatever is you know appropriate yeah. so some form of being able to have a tool or tools to be able to measure that progress over time so you can really keep yourself honest on where are we progressing where are we continuing to see weakness if we are where are we not doing so well where we were doing well before? And when dollars are thin and, you know, and, and time is short, you know, it, it costs very little but time, for example, to do a social audit once a quarter and look at what is being said about your organization inside and out. Yeah. And then internally, you know, as we talk about the importance of these internal audience, simple surveys can help you know where you're stand where you stand now and and how you're moving forward or you're or you're not moving forward. I'll give you a quick um, anecdote in this space. So we work with a, a global healthcare company and they started monitoring um, quarterly and annually monitoring their brand health um, through a, a fairly rigorous study. And pre-pandemic, they they continued to do well on on most all measures. I mean they're a big well-known, revered brand. And pre-pandemic, they saw certain competitors just inching on them, inching on them, inching on them, inching on them. And if you didn't really look across those quarters and across the time, you wouldn't have seen it. So I, I think that the um, that measuring of progress over time is really, really critical to knowing how do we need to adapt and change. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's great. Wonderful. Well, um, one last question before we wrap up here. As a fellow author, I always like to ask a, a little bit about the process of writing. So, you know, in, in writing the latest edition of your book, How Senior Marketers Scale the Heights, what did you learn through the writing process or what might you have done differently in, in writing a follow-up? Yeah. So I have to tell you that I think I did everything the hard way the first time. <laughs> I, I, I empathize with you there. So, yeah. I think I do that every time. You're so prolific. Like, I don't know how you've done it with all the books that you've done. I, I'm just completely in awe. I could barely get one done and then a new edition done. So yeah. So the first time around, I really did, I, I did struggle at, at various aspects and I, and I learned a lot of things. And so the second time I really, this, this new edition, I really tried to, learn from all of that. And, and very specifically, I took a lesson from Seth Godin, who's kind of a, you know, famous in the marketing space. I was listening to him in a podcast and the, the interviewer said, you know, you're so prolific and you've written so many books. How do you do it? You know, how do you manage that? And he spoke about how he puts guardrails on himself to make it manageable and to prevent overwhelm. Yeah. So I was really inspired by this. And he literally said like some of his guardrails were like, 
how many months he was going to let it take him, how many pages the book was going to be. You know, he would just put these very, frankly, tactical and tangible measures in place to prevent himself from getting into the sprawl or the overwhelm or the writer's block. And so I did that with this revised edition. I, you know, decided I was going to do no more than five new chapters, no more than 50 pages. I was going to go to um, a subset of the senior marketers I had spoken to and, and a, and a good handful of, of new people I had met since. And so all that is to say, um, knock on wood, like it was a pretty smooth process this time because again, I learned everything (laughs) the most difficult ways the first time. So I don't know that I would have done anything differently this time. I'm sure, I'm sure there's gotta be something, but generally it, it went way better. Wow. That's great. Yeah. And I mean, that, that in itself is a, is a great anecdote of, of continuous improvement, right? (laughs) So that's. Yes. Right. Right. Being agile. Right. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, Nancy, thanks so much for joining the show. Uh, For those listening, what's the best way for them to keep up with what you're doing? Yeah, so I I would love um, for folks to follow uh, me and Noetic Consultants on LinkedIn and Instagram. Um, for me on um, LinkedIn, um, you you got to type Nancy with an I E. Uh, very important. So it's um, Nancy with an I E, and then my last names are McDonald and then Reuter, and it's McDonald like. McDonald Douglas, not like McDonald's, the the fast food. <laughs> As a branding person, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then Ruder is rude with an R on the end. <laughs> Perfect. Well, again, I'd like to thank Nancy McDonald Ruder, founder and CEO of Noetic Consultants and author of How Senior Marketers Scale the Heights, What is Still True, More True, and Newly True, now in its second edition for joining the show. Thanks for listening to The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom. Talk with you next week. Thanks again for listening to The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.theagilebrand.show. To get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, visit my website at gregkillstrom.com. Until next week, stay agile.